0: We can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all
1: our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the November 14th edition of... Of the sunny side of sports, with six days until the kickoff of the FIFA World Cup in Qatar, here are six fun facts about football's premier event. Fun fact number one, Qatar is the first country in the Middle East to host the World Cup. Fun fact number two, Qatar is the only team making its debut in the upcoming World Cup. And is also the first host country to make their World Cup debut since Italy in 1934. Fun fact number three. This will be the first World Cup taking place during the months of November and December. The change was made to avoid the typical scorching hot summer temperatures in Qatar. Fun fact number four. This will be the first World Cup in which teams are allowed a maximum of 26 players, three more than what was allowed at the 2018 World Cup in Russia. Fun fact number five, for the first time at a men's World Cup, Three women have been included among the 36 referees selected for Qatar 2022. They are France's Stephanie Frappard, Japan's Yoshimi Yamashita, and Rwanda's Salima Mukunsanga.
2: We are here not because we had favor to be here, it's just chance. It's no, because we deserve to be here. We have our background. And from that background is passion, and from that passion is hard work. And from that hard work, this is the fruit. So back home, we have been working very hard because a lot say women, they can't run at the pace of men's speed and whatever. Yes, uh, we can't be men, but we can do our best to be on the same level
1: and fun fact number six teams will be allowed five substitutions in each match in qatar as opposed to three substitutions at the 2018 world cup in russia
0: it is the biggest sports event of the year the 2022 world cup in qatar Join
1: VOA to celebrate Africa's King's spot. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams,
0: coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be
1: there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together. Will football fans experience the scoring magic of Sadio Mane at the World Cup in Qatar? Mane has been included on Senegal's 26-man World Cup roster, but his fitness remains a major concern after he suffered a leg injury last week while playing for Bayern Munich. For more on Mane and Senegal's World Cup chances, Iron Mike Mbonye spoke with African
3: football analyst Emmanuel Okara. Coach, Aliu Cisse's 26-man squad for the Qatar World Cup, which includes the injured Sadio Mane, can be rightly described as the golden generation and looks well-balanced on paper. I repeat, well-balanced on paper because according to the old saying, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. The way the Teranga Lion performs from their opening match will certainly give us an idea of the team's quality and how far they will go in the tournament. The squad is a blend of those that prosecuted the World Cup qualifiers and their triumph at the AFCON in Cameroon earlier this year. Cease's men have other star-quality players at their disposal, which includes the Chelsea duo of Edward Mendy, Kalidou Koulibaly, Jake Kuyati of Notting Forest Football Club, Ismail Assar of World Football Club and, of course, Mane, who undoubtedly is the team's talisman. We expect the Terenga Lions to perform well and possibly surpass the quarterfinal benchmark they achieved at the Korea-Japan 2002 World Cup. Anything short of that will be a repeat of their Russia 2018 World Cup campaign where they crashed out at the group stage.
2: Senegal manager Ali Cisse says, He is optimistic Sadio Mane's injury will heal before the World Cup begins. What's your take on the injury concerns of Sadio Mane?
3: Sadio Mane is expected to undergo another round of medical checkup in Munich shortly before the World Cup from an injury that could rule him out of the World Cup. This fight has been named in the Senegal squad. Mane sustained the injury to his right fibula in Bayern Munich's 6-1 win against Werder Bremen last Tuesday. According to Fatma Samura, FIFA Secretary General, who incidentally is Mani's compatriot, she believes that Money could be treated by witch doctors to get him fit before their opening match on November 21 against the Netherlands. Please don't ask me how that works, because I don't know. But what I can categorically say is that Money's chances of performing maximally at the World Cup is hanging by a thread. It's 50-50, or at best, it can be in the team to make up the numbers but one cannot be too certain who knows miracle can still happen that's football for you hey man what's your
2: take on the chances of the teranga lions of senegal in group a
3: group a which features host qatar senegal the netherlands and ecuador is a group of death of sorts why i'm saying so is because nothing is cast in stone as to which of the teams are odds and favorites to make it to the round of 16. The Netherlands with three World Cup silver medals and a bronze medal in their kitty will want to go for broke this time around. Senegal's best performance in their previous World Cup campaign was the quarterfinals in the Korea-Japan 2002 World Cup, where they defeated the then reigning world champions, France, in their opening match. Ecuador's best outing from their previous four campaigns was the round of 16 at the Germany 2006 World Cup, and they are brimming with ambition this time around. While host Qatar, who are participating in their first World Cup by virtue of being the host, and I tag them as dark horses. In a nutshell, my money is on Netherlands and Senegal to make it to the round of 16, sentimentally speaking. That's African football analyst Emmanuel Okara.
1: And he spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from
3: Lagos, Nigeria. Sporty greetings. This is Sunday Olise, former captain and coach of the Super Eagles of Nigeria. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America.
1: football fans fifa's world cup 2022 kicks off in qatar in just a few days join sunny young and myself muck bill Yabereau, every weekend on nightline africa when we bring you on goal with sunny and muck bill. we will bring you everything world cup related tune in starting next saturday at 1605 utc and 1805 utc thanks muck bill more world cup news The World Cup trophy was unveiled in Qatar's capital, Doha, on Sunday as the build-up to football's biggest tournament continues. The trophy has traveled to 51 countries to promote the 2022 FIFA World Cup, the first to take place in an Arab nation. Former French footballer Marcel Desailly was on hand to reveal the trophy in Doha Desai was asked about the preparations by defending World Cup champion France. Throughout the year, they've been able to play several
2: tournaments
1: for the coaches to build up their philosophy and. If you look at France, Didier had, uh, is having a lot of injuries, but he had the time to fit new defense player, uh, new midfielder like Chouamini because you lose uh, Conte. There's quite a, a, a lot of possibility for the coaches, even though they have one week, to already have you know uh, understand and, and notice their philosophy for for this World Cup of playing. Yes. France is in Group D at the World Cup along with Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. The French will face the Australians November 22nd in the opening World Cup match for both teams in Qatar. And that same day, Tunisia will take on Denmark. Getting back to 54-year-old Marcel Desailly, he was born in Ghana's capital, Accra, and his family moved to France when he was four years old. Desai would go on to make 116 international appearances for France, and he was a member of the 1998 French team that lifted the World Cup trophy on home soil.
0: Hi, this is Larry London, the host of BOA's Border Crossings, where we feature music and interviews along with your favorite artists from around the world.
1: and interact live with us here in Washington, D.C.
0: Hello, Shirin. Hello, Larry. How are you? Good. How are you tonight? Border Crossings comes to you Monday through Friday at 1500 UTC GMT.
1: Thanks, Larry. That's Larry London, a man who's always ready to cross musical borders. I encourage our sunny side of sports listeners to follow me on Facebook and Twitter, my Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA sunny. Once again, that address, facebook.com forward slash VOA sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sonny Sports. Once again, my Twitter handle... At VOA, sunny sports.
2: You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of
1: America. Prince Nesta joins us once again with a look at the weekend highlights in the major European club football leagues. Sporty greetings, Prince.
2: Sporty greetings to you too, Sunny. Friends of Cameroonian descent, Kylian Mbappe, Spanish-Moroccan footballer Shraf Hakimi, Carlos Soler, Renato Sanchez, and another French striker of Cameroonian descent, Hugo Ekitike, all registered their names on the scholarship to help Paris Saint-Germain secure a 5-0 win against Auxerre in their final French League match before the World Cup. The Parisians lead the standings on 41 points from 15 games ahead of Lens, who came from behind to beat Clermont 2-1. Third-place Henei also extended the unbeaten run to 17 games with a 2-1 win over Toulouse, while seventh-place Lille secured a 1-0 win over Angers thanks to Portuguese footballer of Guinea-Bissau decided and Thiago goal. Fourth place, Marseille, also under hard for 3-2 victory over Monaco, thanks to goals from former Arsenal frontman Alexis Sanchez, Jordan Vitao and Sid Kolasinac. In the English Premier League, two goals from Ivan Tony, including a stoppage time winner, gave Brentford a dramatic 2-1 victory over Champions Manchester City at the Etihad Stadium. Phil Foden scored the citizens' consolation goal with a rare defeat bringing to an end to a run of 15 consecutive home victories in all competitions for the champions. Here's City boss Pimp Guardiola's thoughts on the match. the They were better in the first minute until the last. You have our momentum, our, but uh, we're not fluid, and especially in the long balls, we had a lot of problems to, to win the duels. and the second
4: ones, every time Tony has the ball, they had problems in behind, a problem for the second boss in front, and after they make an extra, and we could not win. And after make some transitions,
2: and that's why we suffer. Then, City manager Pip Guardiola reacting to his team's defeat against Brentford in the Premier League. Liverpool also returned to their winning ways at Anfield with a comfortable 3-1 win over Southampton. Darwin Nunes scored twice, along with Roberto Firmino to lift the Reds to 6th place with 22 points, while Southampton dropped to 19th place with 12 points. He is Liverpool manager Eugen Klopp's reaction to his team's performance.
4: Um, most, most parts of the first half were really good. Um, scored incredible goals, yes, of course, conceding that from a set-piece, a similar set-piece like uh, Napoli one, which went slightly offside. It's obviously something we, where we have space for improvement, um, but apart from that, first half played really well. Used our speed, getting in behind. The goals were all three outstanding. Um, yes, one was a set piece, but the other two goals, sensational passes. Um, so I liked it a lot. And but we have to be honest. For our second half, we obviously don't win the football, Oscar. Huh? No, no, no chance. Maybe Ali wins it. Uh, Yeah, we we won the game today because of the first half and because of Ali, that's how it is, we we let them too, we gave them too much space um, in decisive areas, um, dropped too deep, counter-pressing not really there, didn't have real direction anymore. I think the first pass, second half, was a ball in behind. Didn't work out from that moment on. We didn't play it anymore. So which stretched their formation massively. Maybe had the advantage of being quicker with Mo and Darwin. Or Robo when he was involved.
2: That's Liverpool manager Jürgen Klopp reacting to his team's victory against Southampton in the Premier League. Two late goals from Uruguayan midfielder Rodrigo Bentenka and Tottenham a 4 3 win over Leeds United in a 7 goal thriller match played in North London. England's keeper Harry Kane, Ben Davis, and Rodrigo Bentenka all found the back of the net for Spurs, while Crescentio Somerville and Rodrigo Moreno scored Leeds' consolation goals. Spurs are now in the top four with 29 points from 15 games. Leeds are only two points above the relegation zone. Spurs boss Antonio Conte gave remarks on his team's performance.
4: A big, big effort, big effort. And, uh, you know, uh, it was the last game to play ter- ter- 13 games in a row in 43 days was really, really tough and, uh, because we lost a lot of energy, uh, not only physical energy but also mental energy.
2: Then Spurs manager Antonio Conte reacting to his team's win against Leeds United in the Premier League. Arsenal went five points clear at the top of the Premier League thanks to second-half goals from Martin Odgard, which ensured the Gunners secured a 2-0 win over Wolves at the Molineux Stadium. The win ensured the Gunners opened a five-point lead over Champions Manchester City atop the Premier League table, seven points clear of third-place Newcastle and 11 ahead of fifth-place Manchester United. Wolves currently sit at the bottom of the table with only 10 points. Arsenal manager Mikel Lateta reacted to his team's performance.
0: Today
4: was about being very patient. Obviously, the game that they proposed made it uh, difficult. There were no spaces to attack, or very little spaces to attack, and, and it's very easy to get a little bit impatient and get frustrated. And we wanted to get away from that game because I was, they were waiting for that mistake to, to catch us on the break. And uh, I think we started to do better at the end of the first half. We started really well in the second half, and we created enough chances to, to win the game.
2: Then Sensinal Maneye Mikael Antetan reacting to his team's win against Souls in the Premier League. John Wheelock's sole goal helped Newcastle continue their remarkable early season form with a deserved 1 0 win over Chelsea at St. James's Park. The Magpies will restart their Premier League season in third place following a start to the campaign that has seen them lose just once, while well, Chelsea will head into the World Cup break after suffering four defeats from their last five games in all competitions. Chelsea boss Graham Potter shared his thoughts on the match
4: made tougher, we lose Ruben early um, Aspie was struggling a little bit as well so we, we lost him at half-time both with injury so I think that it was a game where you could see the two teams, the schedules that we both had uh, Newcastle one game a week and uh, play with a, a huge intensity and obviously the crowd make it make it um, even more so and we're on the back of a, lot of a lot of matches and a lot of games and um, not in the best moment ourselves uh, the boys, again, boys I think gave everything but um, we lacked a little bit of quality, i think uh, enough quality to to um, to say that we we deserve to win the game and uh, that's
2: something that we can look at and and improve. That's Chelsea manager Graham Potter reacting to his team's loss against Newcastle in the Premier League. Argentine winger Alejandro Garnacho scored a stupid time winner to help Manchester United secure a 2-1 win over Fulham in their final Premier League game ahead of the World Cup break. Christian Eriksen had earlier slotted home his first goal for the Red Devils before Daniel James netted to draw Fulham level just after. After the hour mark, Gernachos late, dramatic seal the three points for United, who are currently fifth in the standings. Red Devils boss Eric Ten Hag shared his thoughts on his team's performance.
3: I think uh, we came from far this season uh, with the fans, uh, with this team, with this club, the two and now yeah, it's, it's back and we have to keep that. Uh, we have to invest both sides and the fans and the players, and the players together, uh, to a new United. Uh, we have to make a new history.
2: That's Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag's reaction to his team's win against Fulham in the Premier League. Reporting for the sunny side of spotsam
1: Prince Nester. Thanks, Prince. In African women's club football, host Asfar of Morocco dethroned Mamalodi Sundowns of South Africa Sunday, 4-0 in Rabat to lift the CAF Women's Champions League trophy. Ebtesam Jaraydi was named woman of the match. She scored three goals in the final and was the tournament's leading scorer with six goals overall. Her teammate Fatima Tagno opened the scoring for Asfar in the 15th minute on a penalty kick. Fatima was named best player of the CAF Women's Champions League, and Asfar's Khadija Aramishi was named the best goalkeeper. Now Sundowns played a good portion of the final with nine women. Rhoda Mulauzzi was shown a red card on the half-hour mark for a poor challenge. And team captain Zanelle Nalapo was sent off after 52 minutes after picking up her second booking of the match for another poor challenge. Final score from Rabat in the CAF Women's Champions League final As far for Mama Lodi Sundowns, nil. I'm Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on the Voice of America. VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From Bubu music to hip life, bonga flavor to sucous, afrobeat to mdombolo and makosa to kwaito. The African beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 0905 and 20.05 UTC, right after the International News. Thanks, David. That's David Vandy, the host of the VOA's African Beat music show. On the basketball beat, let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Cameroonian star Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. Embiid turned in what's being described as one of the most dominating performances in NBA history on Sunday night. The AP's Dave Ferry reports. Joel Embiid was fantastic in the 76ers' 105-98 victory over the Jazz. Embiid delivered a career-high 59 points, along with 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and 7 blocks. Embiid made 19 of 28 shots from the floor, 20 of 24 free throws and kept the Sixers from folding against the upstart Jazz. The seven footer hit two free throws at the 417 mark for a 98 96 lead. Tyrese Maxey chipped in 18 points for the Sixers. He's just really good at basketball. You know, it's some things that he does other than when he decides he wants
0: to throw the ball to the other team. But, uh, no, it's funny.
1: <laughs> But, uh, but no, he's really, I mean, he's just, it's, it's good to see him back. You know, he's having a lot of fun. Um, I, I think you could tell he's hitting his groove, honestly. Malik Beasley led Utah with 18 points. I'm Dave Ferry. Thanks, Dave. Philadelphia's head coach, Doc Rivers, says it was an amazing performance by Joel Embiid.
2: I've seen a guy score a lot of points. I haven't seen guys score a lot of points, rebound, and then the, the block shots. I mean, that was impressive. Uh, I mean he was just he was getting everything. So no is the answer. I've never seen a more dominating performance when you combine defense and offense.
1: And just to put Joel Embiid's dominating performance in historical perspective, the Cameroonian big man is the first player in NBA history with at least 50 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, and 5 blocks in a game since blocks became an official statistic in the NBA during the 1973-74 season. Meanwhile, Joel Embiid was not the only player to break the 50-point scoring mark on Sunday night. Darius Garland of the Cleveland Cavaliers scored 51 points. However, his team lost... That's right, the Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Cavaliers 129 to 124.
2: This is the voice of America.
1: Washington, D.C. Getting back to Joel Embiid, his career high 59 points came one night after he scored 42 points In a victory over the Atlanta Hawks. And I was talking NBA statistics. Let's take a look at the individual statistical leaders in the NBA. The young Slovenian star Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks currently leads the NBA in scoring at 34.3 points per game. Golden State star Stephen Curry is second at 32.8 points per game. Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics right behind Curry at 32.3 points per game. And the aforementioned Joel Embiid is currently fourth in the NBA scoring race at 32.3 points per game. Embiid was the NBA scoring champion last season. The leading rebounder in the NBA right now is the Frenchman, Rudy Gobert of the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's averaging almost 13 rebounds per game. Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks is the league's second leading rebounder at 12.2 rebounds per game. And if we take a look at assists in the NBA, Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers leads the NBA He's averaging 10.3 assists per game. This is Sunday Sports. Here in the USA, National Football League fans had a lot to crow about on Sunday. It was a busy day, as we hear now from the AP's Bruce Morton.
0: A full slate of NFL games this Sunday, none bigger than the battle of top talent pitting the Vikings and Bills. Gene Bataglia reports from Buffalo.
4: It was one of the
1: craziest games of the year. In overtime, 33-30 was the final. The Vikings outlasting the Bills. It appeared that Buffalo had won the game in regulation, stopping the Vikings on fourth and goal, only to have Bills quarterback Josh Allen fumble the snap, giving the Vikings the lead. The Vikings move to 8-1. and one. The Bills fall to 6-3.
0: Buffalo is no longer atop the AFC East, giving way to Miami, which rose to 7-3 by blasting the Browns 39-17, Thanks in part to three TD tosses from Tua tenga Dolphin coach Mike McDaniel. Tua's playing very, very high-level football. Uh, it's the third game in a row where I, I didn't feel a high or a low from him. He was just trying to execute each and every play. Atop the AFC South is Tennessee, now 6-3 and three after defeating Denver 17-10. The Titans got a pair of touchdown passes from Ryan Tannehill. We just found a way to, to start making some plays, uh, take advantage of some looks that we were getting, and, um, and made some big plays, especially there down the stretch when we needed it. In the NFC East, the Giants moved out to a 7-2 start by holding off Houston 24-16. Wide receiver Darius Slayton says the G-men keep winning by staying focused.
1: Just try to block the outside noise out. You know, we know we're talented players. We know we can make plays, and at the end of the day, you got to go out there and show it on Sundays, you know? So um, that's pretty much our main focus.
0: Other NFL winners were the Bucs, Lions, Chiefs, Steelers, Colts, Packers, Cardinals, and the 49ers. Bruce Morton.
1: And that wraps up the November 14th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports!